This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nervous? Yes. First time. No, I've been nervous lots of times. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and ever feel like you placed your trust in the wrong people? Yeah, that makes two of us. Today, to help us trust better at work, home, and with our money, we welcome Dr. Henry Cloud. In our headlines, know what your children are doing while they're playing on your phone? Maybe making you a fortune. We'll share one brokerage company's problem with kids. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to a lucky Stacking Benjamins listener. And of course, we'll wash it all down with some solid trivia. Wait, what? And now, two guys who may or may not catch you in a trust fall. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. What? what does that mean? May or may not. Of course we will. Well, oh, we are your financial backstop, peeps. Well, okay. yeah. my L5 begs to differ, Joe. <laughs> Have you seen the video where they're doing the trust fall and they're like, okay, you just fall fall, the wrong way and they fall forward. (laughs) Everybody's lined up behind. Totally face. Oh man. Hey everybody. Welcome to Wednesday on the Stacky Benjamin show. I'm Joe Saul. See hi. Average Joe money on Twitter. Welcome to the show. That is your trust fall show when it comes to your money. And uh, here with me, not only Doug, who's giving me the stink eye right now for that awesome analogy, but Mr. OG's here too. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm a lot more pleasant than Doug every day. So Doug can look at you side-eyed all day, all day long. Oh, well, it's a great day. We're talking about trust, and uh, nobody I trust more than you two. I, I'm trying not to laugh as I say that. <laughs> I've tried so yeah, you hard. You need new friends. So so hard. Uh, Doctor Henry Cloud talking about trust, and certainly in the area of money, we want to be around people that we trust. Got to trust our advisors, family members, people we work with. We're going to talk about who to trust. But before that, we got a headline that I think parents are really going to be interested in. So I think I think it's time to go. But something we should all be interested in, OG, everybody lean forward, lean closer to your vice, because it's time for this episode sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to 
what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Some amazing messages right there. I'm just picturing people with headphones in actually leaning forward. Leaning forward. For no damn reason. While they're walking around the park. It's already in their head, but they're leaning forward anyways. Because you, Harold, what the hell are you doing? They told me to lean forward. Dr. Henry Cloud is here. So let's get to the headline. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from Investment News, which is an industry website for uh, financial professionals. This is written by Emil Halaz. Trading app fined $3 million for this one, OG, letting youngsters trade option spreads. Does your youngest, does your youngest OG come out and go, Dad, I got this sweet straddle on Apple stock. I did an iron condor spread. This afternoon, in between my Roblox rounds, right, yeah. fifteen hundred. I wish they would. While their kids were doing nap time, I was secretly on the phone doing put options. <laughs> got to sell those puts, baby. <laughs> Powell's talking today. Somebody's got to make the money in this family. That's right. Uh, stock trading app provider Webull Financial has been fined three million dollars by Finra for allegedly not properly vetting its customers. Apparently, when you don't know your customer is young, uh, that might be a problem, including more than, get this, 2,500 people younger than 21 who are allowed to trade option spreads. FINRA, which announced the fine a couple weeks ago, found that the company did not conduct adequate due diligence on customers between December 2019 and July 2021, according to an announcement from the self-regulatory organization. Can you imagine that meeting at Webull, by the way, about, hey, uh, there's a Finner investigation. What's that about? It turns out we're letting some 11-year-olds trade options. This is not a problem, OG, that people with older kids like mine or, or Doug, yours, that we would have experienced. But I think that parents with young kids home now, I don't know if this is better or worse than your kid. What about that kid that ordered all the Uber Eats yeah. a couple months ago? Yeah. All of a sudden, all this food starts showing up at the door. The pizza. A little bit of everything, wasn't it? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it happened even during our kids. I mean, I own a copy of, I fully own a digital copy of The Purge that I wanted nothing to do with because <laughs> my kid bought it. For, like the full editor or, you know, director's, director's cut, for cut, for like, cut for $99. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a bit bitter about that. So even back in the day, it was possible for kids to do stupid Was stuff. it a CD set? What was it? No, it was like, on demand going through, you know, Xfinity and decided I need to watch that right now and didn't realize he bought it. Right. And then when he was a teenager, did he tell you that other thing he bought seven times digitally was an accident? Oh, didn't know what well, it was. It was my brother. That happened, that happened <laughs> literally within an hour of him getting his first laptop. Did it really? Oh, yes. <laughs> within an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> He brought me in and he Ding. had viruses like you would not believe. He yeah. was going, to, oh my God. And then so we'll we talk just, about his computer. I had to reformat <laughs> the whole, yeah. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so yeah, I do. I mean, thankfully, honestly, it happened right away, and I just reformatted the entire hard drive and reinstalled everything. Don't and, let your mother know. You know, he learned his like lesson. This- this computer's great. <laughs> yeah, compared to those things, I think trading options would be a much better. Yeah, like, Dad, I got I got smoked in the option market today. Like your kid's got like a raspy voice, like he smokes all day on the trading floor. <laughs> Coming home from elementary school, you won't believe what recess did to me. Kids trading options, OG. I mean, seriously. Besides the security issue, the fact that they might be using mom and dad's money, is it bad that kids are learning about these? these tools at a young age and maybe maybe at 15 they'll lose a few hundred bucks right on trading options and learn that they don't want to play that game earlier i just like the fact that kids are interested in that it yeah i mean there, there was i wasn't thinking about options when i was in high school well it wasn't as much of a thing either it just i mean they, they existed of course but it really wasn't the prevalence that it is today um, this could also be, you could also say this for like online gambling, right? Like that's kind of, yeah, I don't know how many states have it now, half of them or more probably where, you know, you just grab your phone and you flip it open and go, oh, you know, I'm going to bet that Jordan Spieth makes this putt. Boom. I'm either right or wrong. I get the instant gratification of, of winning or losing. I'm not a part of that culture at all. And we went yeah, over I to, mean, well, not in Texas is a state that doesn't have it. Well, we went over to people's house for the Super Bowl that I haven't hung out with in a long time. And immediately at this party, there's maybe 25 people there. I'm standing with this group of like six guys. And just before kickoff, everybody's jumping on their phone to, to bet on the coin flip. Yeah. Like everybody's jumping on their phone. I've, I've, I've never done DraftKings. Like and these guys, these guys are doing it six times during one game. Like they do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And if you allow notifications, DraftKings completely plays into your weaknesses. And I'll be like, there's a cricket match going on in Bermuda right now. Oh, Do you want to yeah. bet on that? Oh, hell, I got a 50 50 shot at it. Why not? <laughs> followed by, followed by, if you have a gambling problem, please call. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to completely entice you with all these bells and whistles and fun stuff. 2 a.m. Your phone's problem. going like crazy. Ding, ding. Uh, but that's, you know, that's no different than. I remember when PayPal came out with multiple currency options where you could get paid in dollars or pounds or euros or yen or whatever. And I was like, huh, there's probably an opportunity there. I mean, my first PayPal account, I only, I only opened it so that I could arbitrage the currency. <laughs> He's all of a sudden into Forex trading. Exactly. I don't think I was successful, but it was interesting. Well, then maybe that's the question, OG. Is this, are, are these kids, you think, are, is this just gambling? Are these kids gambling? I mean, this may not even be about investing. This is just, well, hey, I'm in high school. Option trading is a gamble. It's not an investment. It's like literally a binary outcome. You will either be successful or not. You will make money or zero. There is no, there's not like, well, I'm, you know, I invested I'm down the money. 4%. And, no, it's all gone or you earn it. Unlike your Apple stock purchase, where at the end of the day, regardless of what happens to Apple that day, you still own the position. In an option trade, you could own zero or you could owe a boatload of money. I think I think the greater risk is understanding what that downside potential is. And I don't think everybody understands that two sides of options have unlimited downside, which is uh, Well, and that's profound. the other thing too. If Webull is letting these kids trade options, then that assumes probably that there's a margin account, right? Yeah. So these are people that are underage that have been able to borrow money from Webull or whoever their their yeah. institution is that's the partner. Well, and remember that story from a couple of years ago about the Robinhood account where the kid got over margined and it was inaccurate and and then he committed suicide. Committed suicide uh, because he didn't know how to face the face his folks to tell him that he owed seven hundred thousand dollars of margin. And then of course, Robin was like, Oh, sorry, that was a bad reporting that, that, that wasn't the right number. There's some risk there. I agree that this is Weeble's responsibility, but for parents out there, OG, I mean, how do we, how, how do you police that with your kids? It's difficult. Yeah. I'm not sure that there's a way to stop them from option trading other than to, you know, give them something better to do. <laughs> like, like Doug's kid, <laughs> like point him in that direction. Like, yeah, your phone is to be used for these things only like homework Watching videos, it's an education thing and making sure that you're open and honest. On Monday, uh, we talked about how people aren't always open with money. And if that's part of the discussion that's going on in your household, 
then you might get a question at the dinner table of like, what's a collar spread and why would I want to use it, dad? <laughs> and you're like, like a spread collar, like a, like a shirt. Like, no, no, no. I read about it online. It's like next to an iron condor. Like that seems like a bird that would never, Oh, you're talking about option trades. Oh yeah. Dad, theoretically, if like the bills were playing the chiefs, do you think they'd score more or less than 46 points? <laughs> exactly. Just hypothetically, dad, they were playing the each other. Who's going to win? Oh, definitely the Bills. Okay, yeah, but would they, would they win by a lot? Or, yeah, would it be a close game? Like, say within, how do you get half a point in football? That's really my question. And then, like, what's this coin toss thing at the beginning? Right. How often does it come up tails? Yeah. Is there any background on that that we could check out? Maybe some history on the coin toss? I would like toss? to drop my English class and take gambling probabilities. Yeah. All of a sudden, your kid's very interested in statistics. Statistics. He's like, I'm taking the AP <laughs> stats course. Might not be good. Game theory, economics. It is true, though, OG. This is another reason we need to just open up these money conversations. Yeah. Before your kid gets into big trouble, you want to be on top of that. We will, of course, link to this and a deeper discussion into this topic and money discussions with your children on our Newsletter, the 201, stackybenjamins.com slash 201 comes out the day after our Monday, Wednesday shows, always free and uh, unsubscribe at any time. Although, man, I think you're going to love digging into all of these. Why do we tell everybody unsubscribe at any time? Because I don't like signing up for crap that I can't unsubscribe. I, I actually got on a mailing list, Doug, last week that included text messages I could not. I, I tried stop. I tried unsubscribe. I wrote to them. I just had to block the number. And then they came at me from a different number and it drove me crazy. So I, I just want to be clear. If you don't want, I don't want to send people emails that they don't want. Let's, let's not do it. But our open rate, average open rate of, of newsletters in America, I think is 12%. We have a 50% open rate on, on these 201 newsletters. So the people who sign up for it and they're like, sweet, another email, another. Yeah. You had a friend, you had a friend tell you this, text you and tell you how much you like the 201. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was uh, an old, old friend of mine who uh, I've mentioned before on the show who eats some of the most bizarre crap you could ever imagine. But he doesn't like Girl Scout cookies. But yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, he started listening and then he signed up for the newsletter and he sent an incredibly flowery, nice, complimentary review. A good friend of mine said, Hey, Joe, I don't listen to podcasts a lot, but I try to catch yours. He goes, but I read every 201 that comes. I'm like, I don't know if that's a compliment <laughs> or whatever. Stand can't stand voice. the sound of your voice. <laughs> but that Kevin Bailey sure can write. <laughs> He's amazing. Just send me more of that guy. Stackybenjamins.com slash 201 to get our newsletter. Hey, coming up next, Dr. Henry Cloud is an acclaimed leadership expert, clinical psychologist, and New York Times bestselling author. His, listen to this flex, guys, 45 books. Oh, come on. 45. Yeah. What does he do in his spare time? Including the iconic boundaries have sold nearly 20 million copies worldwide. Of course, he's coached executives all over the planet. And of course, he's here today coaching us on trust. And when our trust gets broken, how do we rebound from it? When do we withhold trust? When do we know it's a good time to give trust? Uh, great topic, I think, when we're talking about our money in our life. And interviewing him today, our good friend from our sister show, Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Going to be talking to Dr. Cloud. We'll talk to him for a few minutes, uh, breaking down the interview right at the end. But as a lead-in, uh, Doug, today was a big day in history for some farmers, huh? Hey there, trivia warriors. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm glad we're digging into trust today with Dr. Cloud because I'm sick of everyone wanting to borrow my sweet El Camino not giving anyone the keys to her. No way, last time someone borrowed her, no names, but the initials rhyme with OG. My fuzzy dice went missing and now I see him hanging from someone's, again, no names, microphone stand. Nope, never happening again. Well, at least I can trust one thing, this crazy calendar Joe's mom got me. It says today's a big day in history, a day where they found something way more valuable than the $10 I found in my pocket last Tuesday. Farmers near Xi'an, China, back in 1974, found a whole army of Benjamins worth of what huge treasure under their fields. I'll be back right after I put a trail camera on my car. 
I saw the way that one guy was oogling my pine tree air freshener. No one's getting close to my baby OG, nobody! Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend, Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want them to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hey there, stackers. I'm trivia wielder and big time Indiana Jones fan, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. You know, I thought I struck gold when Joe's mom accidentally filled the El Camino with premium gas and bought eggs on the same trip. But check out today's trivia question. On today's date in history, back in 1974, farmers in China were digging a well when they found a chamber filled with what monumental artifacts? The farmers found a huge vault which had been buried with Emperor Qin Shi Huang way back in 210 BCE to protect him in the afterlife. What was protecting him? An army of terracotta soldiers. And now, a guy bringing us a wealth of knowledge, teaching us when to give, withhold, and earn trust is Dr. Henry Cloud and our good friend, Doc G. Dr. Henry Cloud, author of Trust, Knowing When to Give It, When to Withhold It, How to Earn It, and How to Fix It When It Gets Broken. Welcome to Joe's Mom's Basement. We're so happy to have you with us today. Well, Dr. Jordan, it is a pleasure to be here. love what you guys do. So I want to start by getting a touch personal. We're going to talk about trust in the business place, in the world in general, in relationships. But let's talk about your life. Tell me about a time in your life where someone broke your trust and the impact it had on you. Oh, gosh. You know, I can point to more than enough than you need to write a book about it. <laughs> Hopefully the book's more about the science and the business aspects of how trust works. But yeah, we've all had our train wrecks, right? But I'll give you one um, I think that a lot of your audience can relate to. Years ago, I had started a company that grew to pretty big, sizable enterprise. I didn't have any money when I started it. And so I had to go find the money and raise the money and bring bring some expertise on that I, I couldn't really afford. And so I one of the people I brought on, I gave him a sizable chunk of stock. 
it went really, really well. We were doing great. And then I had partners who owned 40-ish, 40-something percent of it, and they decided to sell their company. So they sold their company, which owned a little less than half fun. And the guy that I brought in and gave the stock to, who was a friend, they went behind my back to him and offered him a big, 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 big check. And he didn't come to me once and didn't say anything. And he sold it to them. And all of a sudden, the company that started from nothing, I had lost control of. That was a big, big breach of trust. One of the things I think that I've learned over the years is that it's really helpful if we have some sort of an algorithm, you know, that we can operate by kind of a diagnostic tree, if you will, to think about in this particular context, for these particular reasons, why do I hit the go button on trust with this person? Because trust, you know, it's not a toggle switch, even though we experience it that way. Sort of like we get a feeling we lean in to trust someone, but there's been a lot of determinants that have happened to get us to that, that point. And sometimes we have false positives. You know, we can trust somebody, but we hadn't really checked the boxes we need to check for that context. I want to talk about those checkboxes in a few minutes, but before we get there, I mean, you're the guy who wrote the book on trust. And yet, in a sense, you had this happen to you in business. Is the average person good at knowing who and when to trust? Research. <laughs> that was research. So is the, is the average person good at knowing who and when to trust? Well, if we're looking at a bell curve, you got to get pretty far, probably past average to get really good at it, or we wouldn't have as many broken relationships and failed business partnerships and, and all of that that we have. So if you go average, I think we can all... I'll get better at it. But here's the problem. We are wired to trust. I mean, biologically, neurologically, psychologically, we're wired to trust because everything in life depends on trust. Everything. I mean, we've been sitting here for the last minute, all of us, the people that are, are joining us as well, and you've been breathing. Well, the reason is your entire system, all the way down your spinal cord and your gut, and your olfactory system is, is working to answer one question, am I safe? And it's determined that the air is okay to breathe. Now, if a fume came in or the temperature got to a certain place or you'd sniff something, before it gets to consciousness, your body is kind of moved back. So, whoa, 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 what's that smell? I don't know if I can breathe this air or not. So we're all wired to do this. Our baby could never grow into a child if they couldn't trust. And when they, when they can't, we have to stimulate, you know, the infant to, to start to take in attachment, to take in food. We have to have trust. You'll never scale a business or a career if you can't trust because you'll be doing everything by definition. So here's the problem. We're wired to trust. We do it automatically in one sense, but we learn patterns and so we learn patterns positively and negatively. You know, when you say the average person, well, if we grow up in our early relational patterns and wiring and all of that kind of teaches us, wow, when I smell this air, I do well. When I smell this air, it hurts. Then we get wired to be able to kind of recognize the good guys in the back. But then a lot of times things go wrong with our trust muscle as well. And you get wounded early in life, you don't trust enough, or you get maybe gaslighted by a narcissistic primary relationship, and you're blinded to certain kinds of people, or you just don't have good enough boundaries to say no when something smells funny. There's a lot of ways that we get into trouble. And, and one of the big problems is when we get into a state of need, then our vision can really get screwy. I've seen companies, a key player will leave or retire or something, and we got to find somebody. We got to fill this. And, and then if you hadn't had a date in five years, anybody looks good. <laughs> so need affects it. There's a lot of things that affect it. So, Dr. Cloud, what we were talking about is this idea that 
you know, in your personal life and in our business lives and almost everything we do, we have to be a little bit careful of how we trust so that we don't get burned. On the other hand, you also talk about the need in a trusting relationship for carelessness. Help me understand that dichotomy. Well, carelessness, you know, if you're looking at a train, it's sort of the caboose. It's kind of the fruit of trust working well. Like right now, you're not worried about your microphone. You've been focusing on our conversation. You're not sitting there having to take care of it, hoping the thing doesn't fall off or whatever. You got, you know, all your money in the bank. You're not obsessing about, oh my gosh, did they lock the doors last night? Did they just, did they steal it? You're careless in the meaning you're not having to guard yourself. You're not having to take care of something that you've entrusted to somebody else, which is why trust is the fuel that scales everything in life. You have a lot of listeners that, you know, they run businesses or own businesses or run a department or whatever. If you're going to scale this thing and you want somebody to go acquire another company or go open up another region or something, you've got to be able to send them and trust them and know they're going to pull it off so you can focus on what you got to do. And if you if that thing really grows, you're going to be doing more trusting than you ever imagined. And so you don't want to be lying awake at night, worrying about something, taking care. You want to be careless enough that you can trust them. But please don't be careless in the beginning. It's not the engine. It's the caboose. So the goal is to get to this carelessness. You had mentioned before this idea that there were some checkboxes, right? Tactically, there's some things we can do to start trying to better understand if this is going to be a trusting relationship Talk about the five essentials of trust. All right. Well, it all begins, and and you being a physician, you understand this, that we are literally biologically and neurologically wired to lean into and to trust in our system, open up to someone when we, you know, you've heard friend or foe, someone when we, through mirror neurons, when we get the feeling that they are focused on me and understand me, it basically comes down to, and I hate to sound like the shriek over simplifying things, but this is brain science. It comes down to, to listening. It basically comes down to deep listening. And when somebody feels, you know, if you've got a customer, for example, and they really feel like you have really listened to their needs and you understand what's important to them, you understand what they're afraid of, you understand what hurts them, you understand why this thing can't break or whatever it is, they start to nod because they feel, oh, he gets me. He knows what we need. Or you get a vendor. They really understand our business and they understand. When they begin to feel that, then they're starting to, starting to open up. I was talking about this in a leadership event one time and Guy walks up to me and said, yeah, I'm the lead hostage negotiator for the FBI. And everything you just talked about is our training program. But see, people in business and the rest of life, anybody's a go-getter, you know, we kind of want to go and talk somebody into trust us, right? Oh, this is a good deal. You won't believe that. And we're going to persuade them first. You're not going to persuade somebody who's not listening to you. And they don't listen to you until they feel like you've listened to them. So that's number one. You know, I talked about, I had a couple of knee replacements in the last year and I went into one surgeon and he looks at the extra, oh yeah, I, I, I understand what's going on. You got, you need a total knee replacement and watch you schedule it and kind of walk out the door. I mean, literally I stopped and I said, wait a minute, all you're going to do is look at an x-ray and amputate my leg. I mean, wait, <laughs> I didn't feel like he listened to me at all. And so I, I went to see another surgeon. He starts with, so tell me about the pain. I looked at your x-ray, man. This thing, you must be hurting. Tell me, when did it start? How does it affect you? And started to really kind of, uh, and I'm feeling myself, oh, I like this guy better because it felt like I existed. So somebody understands this, right? Well, that's number one. I think let's go back to the knee surgeon. Uh, I interviewed three of them. And one of them really understood me, but then he goes, he yells out there, hey, bring, bring, bring him. You know, he's all of a sudden his team of residents come in and it's in a 
a big one of the big training hospitals. And he goes, I come here and look. This is exactly what we're talking about in that paper. And, you know, we're going to get the stats on this. And I think we can use it. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing the second one, his motive. Look, I don't mind people. We all have self-interest. We need to have self-interest in any deal or in life. But it felt like it was all about his interest and not mine. His motive for being there was I was going to be a hamster in his project, not somebody that he was also interested in maybe how I needed this thing to turn out. And so we look at somebody's motives and you'll be able to tell it's basically about what's their agenda. I mean, if you've ever been on a board, the organization, the company has a mission. But you get a board member and they've got their own agenda that they're driving instead of their motive being, how do we serve the whole and the whole thing, or even on a team, or even in a marriage, if one person, if it's all about them and what they want, it just doesn't, it's basic self-centeredness. So we got to, they've got to be able to check the box of, they're not only interested in themselves, but they really want good for me. They are for me. They want to make sure I'm okay. Back to carelessness. They've got my back, even when I'm not there. And that's somebody with good motives. Let's say you got a business partner, they're going out and cutting a deal, and, and they know, well, it'd be good for their side of the, you know, the ledger. But then they're thinking, well, how's this going to affect my partner? So it's that. It's are they in it just for the buck or just for what matters to them? Are they also interested? Are they for me and my interests? So that's the second one. So now my now my surgeon's all ready to go. He's for me. I know he wants to get me back on the golf course. He wants me to win. He cares about uh, how my pain is doing. And then all of a sudden he says, and I can't wait to operate on your knee because I'm an OBJ and I've never done a knee before. This is going to be exciting. I go, whoa, whoa, right? So the third box we got to check is, is ability. Do they, even though they might care and listen and be for me, but do they have the ability to pull off what I'm, what I'm interested in them? Now, in business, for example, this happens all the time. How many friends, they're great friends. They go, we have so much fun together. We talk about business. We, we should start a company together. We should start. And, and you trust this person implicitly, but you get into a business partnership with them, and you realize they don't really have the ability to run a business. They were successful because they were working in somebody else's business. Now I got a business partner. I feel like I'm rowing the boat all by myself. And you have, you have that feeling because a particular ability for that context you know, wasn't there. I got called into a company one time where the CEO was languishing and they wanted CEO coaching. And I said, well, what? What's going on? And they told me this story. And I said, how did he become the CEO? And they said, well, he was a COO for 10 years. And he was so successful. And, and he reorganized, you know, supply chains and infrastructure and oversaw. And it was incredible. And everybody loved him. And so CEO retired. We made him the CEO. And I said, where do you get the E? They said, what do you mean? I said, well, he was the COO. Now he's the CEO. Where did he get the E? And they said, well, we promoted. I said, no, you gave him the chair. But where did he get the chip? The Egypt, because as I look at this scenario, you've got a great operator here, and he was a COO, but you don't have CEO functioning. And that's why all the areas you're telling me about are languishing. He doesn't, right now at least, have the skills and abilities that we can see if he can develop those. But they trusted him implicitly for good reason. But we got to know somebody's got the ability to pull off what we're interested in. And then so we check all those boxes. Well, then you got to look at the next one, which is character. And what I don't only mean, and certainly we have to mean this, I, when people speak of character, often they're just thinking about, you know, what we call basic integrity. and They don't lie, cheat, or steal. I can trust them. Can you trust that? Oh, yeah, he'd never lie to me. Or she never tell, you know. So we trust their character. Well, wait a minute. That's moral functioning, which is foundation. If somebody lies, cheats, and steals, fire them, right? Or do something to quarantine yourself from them because that's, you can't do anything if somebody's lying. But when my girls were five and six years old, they knew what lie, cheat, and steal meant, but they weren't ready to run a business or to have something big entrusted in them. 
in this part of character, we're talking about somebody's makeup, how they're glued together. You know, back to the surgeon, competent, understanding, great motive. But what if he says, you know, I'm about to do one of these surgeries. Um, we got a theater in, around the OR. If you want to watch me, how this works, feel free. So I go to the theater, I'm watching my surgeon, Mr. Competent, Dr. Competent, and he opens up the guy's leg and, and five minutes into it, he goes, oh my gosh, he's bleeding. Somebody, oh no, he stopped bleeding. Well, I need somebody who's got the makeup of cool under pressure. You're going to put somebody in charge of a turnaround project, for example, if they're the type that have to have a lot of attagirls or attaboys and, and positive feedback all the time to feel good about themselves, there's not going to be any good news for a year. You need to send somebody there who loves to eat problems for breakfast. Now, you might trust the other person in another role, but how are they glued together? You know, I had a brother-in-law as a Navy SEAL. I would trust him to guard me against, you know, the bad guys who are coming after me. But Mark's not, not going to call the dark night of the soul when my dog dies. <laughs> There's not, he's going, oh, shut up. What's wrong with you? Just a dog. But my empathic friends are not going to call to guard me against, you know, people coming to attack me. So we have to look at how somebody's constructed. And, you know, you get into businesses and relationships like this and, and somebody's makeup is a big deal. You know, the long-term research, you get to a C-suite, for example, and Harvard studied this forever. Everybody looks alike, you know, same IQ and same background, same education, all this. But 90% of the real difference in the superstars has to do with their personal makeup, how they're, how they're constructed, how they're glued together. And then the fifth one is what happened the last time, the track record. You know, the, always the best predictor of the future is the past. That doesn't mean somebody can't have a horrible train wreck or, you know, a past and become great, but you don't see them have a horrible past and the next day be great, like a New Year's resolution. What you see is they develop a new past and you trust that. So we have to see some sort of track record that somebody has been able to do what we're asking them to do. Now, that doesn't mean that, that somebody's run one kind of a company in one business can go to an, a, a totally different business and not, of course they can succeed, but they've, they've got the competencies and they've proven those over time that transfer. So let's talk about when the track record goes wrong. I'm thinking about what's been happening with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. They both have been in the news as bank failures. Let's say you're hired by the local savings and loan and they say, how do we start crafting this message to get the public to start trusting us again after these big fallouts? And we're talking about business here, but I think this also can do with you if you're an employer. What if the track record goes astray? How do we rebuild that trust? Well, you know, it's a great question because, you know, brands survive on the trust. They just do. And when you start this thing, if they come out with a lot of excuses and blaming and all of that, you know, and our persuasion of, yeah, the long-term markets did this and, you know, we didn't control the interest rates, but we were blah, 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 blah. They better come out with that first box we talked about of having everybody understand that they understand what they did and how this affected people. And basically, they got to start with, you know, we get it. We have, um, we've really just uh, eroded your trust here. And we've caused a lot of damage to you. And we know what this does to business. That's why we're taking this so seriously. So I think they've got to start there. And another thing, Doc, is that this can't be done in just a press release. You know, trust comes from proximity. And I think what they've got to do is they've got to create some real closeness to key stakeholders and experience of that closeness to the concentric circles of the people whose trust they've got to build. You know, this is when, this is when key executives and CEOs need to get on airplanes and go sit down face-to-face -face with the right people and care enough to go there. I can't tell you how many problematic situations that I've seen and been called into 
And the difference when the CEO or somebody of power goes and visits, when they show up and they listen to the people and they feel understood, that's the foundation. Because now at least we have that neurological connection. And, you know, you can build this on Zoom, but you, you can better use Zoom to build something that you did in a room. I just think they need to create as much proximity as they can. That's part of it. And then they've got to, you know, if you just go down the list, when they look at when the people start to feel like their motive is really to serve them and their interests, you know, and not just try. I mean, we all do business with entities where we get some notice or this, that, and the other. We think they're just trying to cut costs. They don't really care about how this affects me or whatever it is. They've got to show people that it's not just them that they're interested in, that it's the other side. And then they got to work down the list. You know, there were some key competencies that they missed. I mean, a lot of people were saying, you know, when the money was so cheap and they're loading everything and they got their short of their long-term risk and reward upside down is basically what happened. A lot of people are looking at that going, you know, and voicing this and nobody's really listening. So anyway, they, I think they got to work through this and ask. And what I tell people in business when I've, I've used this model for literally 20 years, maybe we just take the categories and number one, say, okay, what in our business, how can we help the stakeholders know that we really get it? So we list those activities and then we put names to the activities. Who's going to own that one? Who's going to call that relationship? Who's going to design this communication? And you've really got to have almost in the same way that you got a business strategy. I like to see people have trust strategies. It's almost like a strategic plan. Another example is inside of companies. I just did this with the general counsel's office with a, a global entity. And the vision was we want to change, change the general counsel's office from the department of no. <laughs> That's how everybody feels about, well, run this past the lawyer. No, the lawyer say you can't do this deal. You know, now a lawyer say it's too rich. Now a lawyer say you got too much exposure. They said, our vision is as general counsel, we want to become the department of yes. We want to be trusted that you can come to us and we're going to find a legal way to do what you want to do. That's trust. And they had a strategic plan of how to do that. And you got to focus on it. You just do so understanding motive, character, ability. ability, and track record, something for our individual relationships as well as our business relationships. The book is Trust, Knowing When to Give It, When to Withhold It, How to Earn It, and How to Fix It When It Gets Broken. Dr. Henry Cloud, tell us where and when the book is available. Well, the book uh, is available March 28th. Eight, it hits wherever books are so you can, you can go to all that. If you go to drcloud.com forward slash trust, you will also get access. I think if it's still running in, um, whenever you hear this, you get access to a three hour event, live event. I'm going to do on this and you can stream that. I think you get permission to string it for the rest of the year. You play it for a whole company, you play it for a team, you can play it for an individual and it's free if you just buy the book. Well, Dr. Henry Cloud, thank you for coming down to the basement. We appreciate having you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Hey, I'm Mr. Wow. And I'm Mrs. Wow from Waffles on Wednesday. And when we're not eating waffles, we're stacking Benjamins. Thanks again to Dr. Henry Cloud for joining us. And thanks to you, Doc G, for... Great interview, man. What's a big takeaway you really get from this discussion? I have to tell you, this book fundamentally changed my way about thinking about trust. And the truth of the matter is, we often don't think about it very much. We either 
have this gut feeling that we should or shouldn't trust people, or sometimes our default is just not to trust. And this book did a really good job of running through what trust is, how we go about thinking about trust, and ultimately what I took out of this in the end is we need trust for so much. We need them for our personal relationships. We need it also for our business relationships, like to be a good employer or to be a good employee, to trust someone you're investing with. All of these things are are things that come up all the time in our economic lives, and yet we never really codify what makes a good trusting relationship. And I think Dr. Cloud answers that. And so I thought it was just a really great take on something that we do without thinking very consciously about. It is interesting that a lot of these basic things like trust, we we don't think about the why behind it. And often I find that we have these competing mores, I guess, because we've never examined them. So because we haven't examined them, we don't understand why we think the way we do. Yeah. And the truth about it is a lot of times our relationships don't work out right. And sometimes we have that gut feeling like you're like, okay, this guy I was working with or this person I went into business with or even a spouse, you're like, something doesn't feel right here. And yet I can't put words on what it is. And often that actually is trust. And we just don't know how to think about it in any way, kind of organized manner, which is kind of what what's laid out in this book. And I think what could really help us in our relationships. Well, I like how often it's not them. It's just you understanding the nature of the relationship better. It's definitely a two-way street, right? So not only do the people we interact with have to be trustworthy, but we also have to be willing to give our trust. And so it very much is something that's a very active interaction between two different people. Well, this is very much an interview in the style of Earn and Invest. What's coming up on the Earn and Invest podcast? On the Earn and Invest podcast, we are continuing to have the conversations that push past the 101 to the 201. I just had Andrew and Dave Ahern from Investing for Beginners. That's Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. They have an amazing podcast called Investing with Beginners, and we talk about how you go about thinking about the stock market and investing Uh, It was a really great conversation. It was wonderful to have them on. And coming up next, we're talking to Doug Cunnington. He is an entrepreneur, but almost by accident. It was quite unexpected. He kept on going through corporate America, telling himself he couldn't be an entrepreneur, but eventually he started doing the things he was deeply interested in, the things he liked doing, and he became an entrepreneur, even though he didn't think he had it in him. And I think a lot of us are like this, Joe. We get to this point where we know that corporate America isn't fitting us, but we've always told ourselves that entrepreneurship is something that we can't do or is not what we're about. And yet when we start doing the things we like, we find that the steps maybe aren't as difficult as we thought. I love Doug Cunnington. What a great giving guy. He and his co-host Carl Jensen have the Mile High Five podcast, which is a lot of fun and people should definitely check out. Maybe what you're saying is this time to trust our intuition, Doc, is that what you're saying? Time to yeah, trust? trust in yourself, man. You can do it. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline, guys, and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, OG, they put what you, not Doug, not me, not random stacker, but you value most. Pre-sale Easter candy shopping. Pre-sale? I like day after. Yeah. Easter no, candy shopping. a pre-sale. Like the day after Valentine's Day, they have all oh. the Easter candy out. But that's not pre-sale. That's just on sale, right? That's You're just for sale, actually. For sale. Pre-Easter yeah. candy sales. I just, I just like the little Cadbury mini eggs. So uh, I don't uh, care how, they, how I get them. Oh, God. Are you serious? Oh, yes. The crunchy shell and the milk chocolate on the inside. Doug, what are you? A oh, mini oh, eggs, oh, not, no, the, no. not the gooey gooey. He said Cadbury eggs, and I think of the gooey ones that are pre-sale just... Pre-sale is what they do like when Taylor Swift tickets go on sale, OG. There's the pre-sale, and yeah. then there's, there, there's... It's not a sale price. It's just, I just want to buy them sooner. Yes. And with Taylor Swift, there's pre-sale, and then there's you can't get them. Yes. Like, there's, there's no sale, just pre-sale, and no, sorry, try again later. Uh, yeah, it's your loved ones, your time. And what's better than that with Easter candy? It's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. You stuff yourself full of chocolate, go to stackybedjamins.com slash haven life, 
And their application simple. It's online. Instant coverage decision. Affordable prices. All policies issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, more than 160-year-old insurer. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to our friend, Sammy. Sammy asked this question in our Facebook group, The Basement, and asked fellow stackers. But I thought that this was an interesting enough question. And we actually had uh, a long discussion about this, OG, and partly because why it's important. Sammy asks, for those with an HSA, how do you keep track of your HSA qualifying expenses? Thank you. I know, OG, a lot of people have issues with that. They're like, oh, there's so many cool things you can do with an HSA, but then where are my receipts? What do I do? First of all, can we explain why keeping track of your HSA qualifying expenses is important? Well, anytime you want to take money out of an HSA to pay for medical expenses that that distribution's tax free. So you think you put, you know, you put some tax free, I'm sorry, you put some money in your HSA, it has grown either through interest or your investments or whatever. And now you want to withdraw some of that money unless you can match it up to some healthcare expenses. Then the IRS assumes that you're just blowing the money. So you've got to be able to, to prove that was used for healthcare. So you got to keep track of it. The hard part, like she's talking about is there's no timetable on that distribution. So you can accumulate healthcare expenses for five years and then say, I'm going to reimburse myself all of those today out of your HSA. But you're right. You've got to keep track of it unless there's one asterisk. Do you want to know what that asterisk is now? Oh, I thought you were just going to go into it. Yes. If you withdraw the money after age 65, then you don't have to worry about paying a penalty, but you still have to keep track of the expenses. So keep good track. Yeah, which is why a lot of people just recommend just spend the HSA sooner rather than later. Yeah, I remember a couple budgeting experts saying that, saying, yeah, the after 65 thing is great, but how many people keep track of that stuff for, for that long? Yeah, for 30 or 40 years, right? It's just incredible. It's like keeping, what's that Gaffigan joke about keeping all his old computers because that's where he stores his photos? <laughs> They're just photo storage locations now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, Cheryl and I have like a period of about seven years where it was before online, you know, cloud storage. I have no idea where those photos are. They're on a hard drive somewhere and they're just gone. Like no idea. Along with the original, your original 10,000 units of Bitcoin. <laughs> it's a, the, all, all in a landfill somewhere. I swear I had them Coinbase. I swear. I don't know why they're not answering. Uh, lots of people talking, OG, about scanning, about spreadsheets. Scanning, it, man, if you've got one of these phone scanners that automatically places it in a folder, it's a good quick way to do it if you can remember to do that every time. Yeah, I mean that, but then you also have to now keep track of that folder. It's no different than paper, right? Like you have to you have to have access to that Dropbox location, access to that Google Doc location for 35 years. What we do is we just have everything charged to one credit card, and then we just print off the annual statements every year. There it is. Yes, I print it off. Yes, it's a big amount. Yes, it's a lot of paper. And hopefully the ink doesn't run out in the next two decades, I don't know, <laughs> or dry up on the paper. Honestly, officer, it was written right here. It said 8,000. It's a great question, Sammy, and I absolutely love the background on that question because HSAs can be so so helpful. They're a great thing if you can get them. You'll still get there without them. So if you don't, if you're not eligible for an HSA, no need to worry about it. But if you are eligible, I think it's well worth exploring if that would be great for you and your family. Well, and I also think like if you have the extra money, you've maxed out your retirement plan, so on and so forth, there's nothing to say that the rules that they have today are the same rules that they're going to have in the future. A great example of this is the 529, which has gotten a lot of publicity lately about the ability to kind of use some money for Roths and there's a ton of rules around it and it's not super easy and simple to do but they created the 529 plan two decades ago give or take right and so now people are starting to find out what happens on the back end of that and the people who are finding out about it are also the people who are serving in congress who probably started using 529s and they're like, crap, what do I got to do? <laughs> oh, I got to pass a law to make this uh, the, some flexibility for me <laughs> under the guise of like helping everybody out. You know, there's an interesting chart I saw about graphing the average net worth of the average U.S. Senator against the estate tax limitation. And it's almost exactly what the average Senator has as an average net worth. So over time. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Weird how they come up with those so strange. random 
$12,491,917 of exemption. <laughs> well, we got to make sure it's helpful for real people, OG. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's helpful for real Americans. Yeah. Uh, StackyBenjamins.com slash voicemail. If you've got a question for the show, bring those along. As we mentioned on Monday, it's a great time to ask questions of the show. We go in some cycles where sometimes it takes us a long time, but right now, man, we can get your question on. And we prefer to have people go to the voicemail so that there's another voice on the show instead of just our three drony voices, right? We want that variety versus leaving them in the basement. Absolutely. And speaking of voices, uh, one thing I'll mention also about Sammy, I wish Sammy would have actually called into the Haven Lifeline because she and her sister, Michelle, are podcasters that uh, Doc G and I have been mentoring with their show, Build a Wealthy Spirit. They just did a a rebrand and I've uh, been working hard on their show and uh, good stuff. I uh, hope everybody goes and listens to that show. So yeah, Sammy, why didn't you call in? Had she called in, she could have done the shameless plug herself instead of relying on you. But that'll be our next mentorship session, Doug. Here's what you do. <laughs> Staggybenjamins.com slash voicemail, Sammy and everybody else for us to answer your question. All right. Uh, lots going on in the basement. We've got a great guide for that. Stackingbenjamins.com slash welcome. You can find all the different places. We mentioned the basement, the 201. We've also talked in the past about our Instagram channel where we do lives. We also do lives on YouTube and the Fireside app. Meet with us in a lot of different places. We try to be wherever you are. Stackingbenjamins.com slash welcome for that. But if you're not here to just hang out with us, don't know why you wouldn't be. But if you're here because you actually actually are pretty worried about what's going on in the economy, what you see on the news, about what should I do, about all these things that I can't control. I got something better that I'd like you to do than panic. Do this. Check out this free guide that OG and his team put together that'll help you plan more and panic less, no matter what the market does. Has some great insights on what you should be doing and smart questions to ask yourself so that you make financial decisions that your future self will thank you for. Stackingbenjamins.com slash guide to get that helpful free guide from OG. Stackingbenjamins.com slash guide. All right. I think that buttons up our community calendar. Uh, Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Dr. Henry Cloud on the foundations of trust and how to apply them to have more rewarding relationships in life and business. Second, kids at home, maybe it's time to check the security settings on your phone. But the big lesson? When you set up a trail cam, it's important to read the directions first. I just checked. I got a ton of footage of myself walking around the house. Holy shit, I do nothing all day. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of the Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show.
Doug, you're a dog lover. Yes, I am. I'm unabashedly a dog lover. Your dogs, uh, rescue dogs. You pay for the dogs. One is a rescue, like a legit, like would have died if we didn't rescue him. So one is definitely a, a rescue. Sweetest dog ever. OG dog person. OG's comment is I don't own anything that eats when I sleep. Cheryl got bit by a dog. What's funny, not funny is the dog's name was bear. Um, so, you know, she jokes that she got bit by a bear, but of course the dog owner was like, he's never done that before. He's never done that to anybody. It wouldn't. So big eye roll there. But how about this for, for big eye roll? This is from the New York post. This dude, uh, bought a dog and the dog bit him. And then after the dog bites him that he bought supposedly from a breeder, the dog then starts laughing. And the guy says the laugh wasn't like a dog laughing. It was like a person laughing. Yeah, Doug. And he realized (laughs) he bought a hyena. Oh my God. Man who goes by infrared savage (laughs) on TikTok posted this. Uh, And and the piece, by the way, says catfished more like dog fished, but I'm bummed. There's a, come on, OG. Give me the, give me the. No. There it is. His experience, he got scammed online over a, quote, puppy. <laughs> he, he bought 3.3 million people watched it, eager to purchase. We would play it, but it is so full of obscenities. This guy, every fourth word is uh, a word that we would have to beep out. Eager to purchase a pup, the man replied to an online post from a, quote, bully breeder looking to sell it was supposedly an American bully. Sounds good. Two-minute clip. TikToker explains how he instantly fell in love with photos, the dog's parents, and put down a deposit. Guy brings the dog home. Dog doesn't look anything like the parents, but he's like, okay, maybe it's going to grow up and look like the parents. And then the thing bites him and starts laughing. Wow. wow. <laughs> what, what a horrible day. What a horrible day. I've had some instances where, not bites, or dogs have never bitten anybody, but where they do things with people they don't know that I haven't seen them do before. So I would... I'm willing to bet that when that when that dog bear bit Cheryl and the owner says never done that before, I, I bet you he was telling the truth. Uh, dogs will do weird things that you don't expect. So, I mean, our rescue Charlie, he's he's that way. I mean, he'll he'll growl at times. He's never done anything about it. He's never, but he'll growl at times. And you think, what the hell are you growling for? He spent a year in a pretty awful situation. So who knows? Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.